All right. Well, good evening, everybody. It is a perfect day here for the Jimmy Palumbo Show. That's right. Show number 35, getting involved here. The Jimmy Palumbo Show. I'm your host, Jimmy Palumbo. I like to say my name as much as I can at the top because no one else is saying my name. Um, this is show number 35. We have a special show. I got Chris Gucci behind the glass, my producer, who does such a wonderful job most of the time, not all the time. We also have a good friend of mine and my ex-roommate, Eddie Zuckers, in the studio. He's going to be swinging by, and we're going to have a full Rutgers basketball preview as he played five years for Rutgers Mixed Scarlet Knights in the 80s, and he's tight with a lot of Rutgers people. So that's what we're going to do. But show number 35, as you well know, we always like to discuss who wore number 35. Now, I had trouble with this one, Chris. Um, I was going to say, you know, I could go with Lee Guterman, another bad pitcher for the Yankees a couple years ago. Don Gullett. Of course, there's Ralph Houck, famous manager for the Yankees. Andy Stankiewicz, you know, the, the, mini, the second uh, Rizzuto guy. Uh, John Wetland, who was a major thing for the Yankees in 97. Turns out he's a complete creep and pedophile and yeah, he's in I was, jail. I was so glad you touched I that. can't name touched John Wetland show number 35, but everybody forgets how good he was. Um, unfortunately, he's in jail now. Um, Frank Thomas, Tony Esposito, NHL fame, Phil Negro, uh, Mike Richter, Obviously, it was Kevin Durant who wore that number for the most of his career, but I just, I'm not a fan of Kevin Durant. Now, um, you said that you, you had trouble with 35. You just named 45. No, guys. but they're not good ones. I feel like There's Lee Guterman, the first guy you named, I feel like that's tailor made for this show. You, the so, Lee but you show. got Lee Guterman. You remember no, him? I do remember him. Of okay. course I do. Uh, but I'm going to go with a guy um, who was, I think, a possible. I think when I'm a very old man, this guy's going to get in the Hall of Fame Mike Messina. I think he pitched during the uh, uh, steroid era, and he was a very good pitcher. And I think as time goes by, people are going to look back and go, this guy's got to go in. What I like most about Mike Messina, number one, he lives over by Williamsport where they play the Little League World Series. I did stand up there a couple years ago. What I like most about Messina, he, he was awful. Then he came back for one year, and he did really well. He was like the Yankees' best pitcher. And so the Yankees, of course, were like, oh, dude, we're going to give you one year, $10 million. And he was like, Nah, I'm done. Like, he was out. And they say he's made, like, he did, like, four contracts. So they say he made, like, crazy amount of money. No, like, he made, he got paid. Like, oh, yeah, big time. He was a big time signee. I think he made, like, $200 million. And he lives in this big farmhouse in the middle of Pennsylvania. And they say whenever he got a big contract, all he did was, like, add another garage to his and he, he keeps cars in there. So when someone asked him, like, why don't you sign for one year, 10 million? He's like, I don't know, what am I going to do? Just put another garage on my, like, he had enough money. He didn't want to deal with, the, you know, his, and his body was still healthy. And it was a good way to go out, too. He, it was his first season where he won 20 games right. as a major leaguer. And he was out. And he was and he was on fumes, but he pitched. He really With a guy pitched. like that on fumes, it's like he reinvented himself. He knew how he, to pitch. He learned he how to really pitch. He really was an overpowering pitcher. The circle changed. He found right. it again. And I, he, I think he... I, I think he would have ran out of gas in that second year if he signed. But so I'm going to give it to Mike Mussina as show number 35. I'll, Chris, go, with, I'll go with the, uh, the Nigerian nightmare, Christian Okoye. Okay. Keep it in the football realm. All right, usually do. And the Packers just lost to the Chiefs, so I figured I'll yeah, we're gonna get to all make myself even more sick. Because um, the less, uh, you know, we'll just, you know what, why, why wait? Let's just get right to it here. From the Omni in Atlanta. Well, for the last seven weeks, I've had to come in on Mondays and I've had to listen to Dave Sturcio and Chris Gucci because uh, one's a Packer fan, one's a Cowboy fan. I've had to listen to their bullshit. Best team in the league. We got the best players. Aaron Rodgers, blah, blah, blah. And I'm coming in with my shitty Giants. Just one time, we all of us won. So this weekend, I was giggling. I was like, uh-oh, wait a minute now. Rodgers is out for the Packers. And I'm like, yeah, but the Cowboys are going to roll over the Broncos. And then um, something odd happened. The Broncos, in my opinion, completely kicked the shit out of the Cowboys. Yeah, that was a bad loss. And then the Packers were, uh, played a team who I think stinks only because the Giants should have beaten them, the Kansas City Chiefs, who I think are done. And I think if Aaron Rodgers was in the game, I think they would have won like 42-7. to seven. Yeah. Um, but uh, Jordan Love... Um, Struggled as a rookie quarterback. Gets no and, love here. Yeah, no love here. I got to give the um, I can't, I was the defensive coordinator on the Chiefs, um, the guy Spagnolo. who Spagnolo, who's very unique. I think two times he's coached the worst defense in the league. 
and currently two times, coaching the worst defense and in the two league times right he's now. coached the best defense in the league so he goes because he blitzes and his strategy I think is going to be the new norm for rookie quarterbacks he blitzed every down and he was like well, it wasn't like they were sending one guy either. Uh, no, it was, was, no, was, was like eleven guys. Yeah, the house and every play. On TV, it looked like it was like no, we're going to send every time eleven guys. If he gets it off, it's going to be a big gainer. I don't think he's going to get it off, and he really struggled um, big time. And they got beat. Even then, they still only lost by it was thirteen they, they seven. Covered. They covered the spread, but uh, so the Packers got beat. I can discuss the whole Rogers thing. I know Chris here. Well, this is not his show. Um, Rodgers, to me, didn't handle this right, uh, and neither did maybe the NFL. There's just like, come on, guys, get your stuff together. If he's not vaccinated, then he should be wearing the mask. And don't be cryptic. Like, if, if you're going to be pro not vaccine, that's fine. Then go up to the podium and say, I'm not getting a vax. Here's why. Instead, he said I was immunized, which there's no such thing. And... Um, you know, I just think he put the team at jeopardy, and because of their protocols, he may not even be able to play next week, which is a shame. But Aaron Rodgers is still uh, really neck and neck as the greatest quarterback of all time, and when he comes back, the Packers will win games. So that's it with the NFL in terms of that. But my Giants, um, listen, beautiful win for the Giants. Um, they beat the Raiders, but i got to be honest with you. <laughs> The, the Raiders didn't play well. The Giants kind of... The defense, I guess, played well. Uh, Raiders were one for six in the red zone. That's what NFL's all about. But Daniel Jones didn't really throw for that many yards. Booker only had 99 yards on the ground. They just... You know what? I think it was a bad NFL game. As I've been saying, most of the games stink. And the Giants had just had more points than the Raiders at the end of the yeah, game. And, they, and I think they... The takeaways there, the tur the turnovers, that, yeah, that was the story he, of that that's game why for me. It's, it's, I tell you, if I was a coach in the NFL and I was like, hey, listen, guys, if the ball gets intercepted, offensive players, you got to stop them before he scores because I think when it's a pick six, is very different than pick six down to the nine because you can actually hold them with a field goal. That's four points. It's huge. That's pick sixes are where you really change the tide of a game. Um but you know what? The Giants played the, the kid. Uh, they signed this rookie kid who got cut from another team, and he did okay. Giants are three and six. They're three and a half games out of the division lead. Uh, that's not happening. I still think the Giants could win eight games, maybe go eight and nine. I don't know. Um, we'll that see. That means about that they're going to go five and three the rest of the way. I, I just don't see. I that, think. But. I think it's more of uh, maybe. I don't know. And I hope the Bears lose tonight. So the Giants will get their draft picks. So I hope the Bears suck. Actually, I hope maybe the Giants shit the bed and they'll get a better draft pick. They got four first-round draft picks, so we'll see what happens. My boy Kadarius Tony did nothing yesterday, and everybody was bashing um, excuse me, uh, OB, uh, OBJ, and I said to myself, you know what? The Giants have gone through this nice guy thing for like 20 years, and we don't win games. I said to myself, Kadarius Tony's by far my favorite player. Um, and I'm like, you know what? What if the Giants sign OBJ a second time and their starting wide receivers are OBJ and Kadarius Tony? What a nightmare that is. But part of me feels like they stink anyway. Well, the only is, Odell stinks. and But he's not worth $7 million. It's a million dollars no, a game. No, no. So it's not going to happen. But I hate OBJ anyway. And I'm glad. I hope he gets. I hope that thing happens where nobody signs him and he has to sit out the year and make his money and nobody cares. Um, so I'm just not a big fan of OBJ in that game. And Kadarius Tony did nothing. But I still you think see he's... see Kadarius Tony's tweet? I'm sure you didn't. Yeah, he's saying it's the kid... Uh, the, the Raiders guy, oh, we all make a mistake, we're young. Yeah, it's what like, are you doing, man? What are you doing? Keep your mouth shut on that <sighs> one. I swear to God. I, if, if, I was, if I was a sports agent and I signed a guy like that, I would give him... Ten, I, would, I would write a check to a guy for $10 million and say every time you tweet, I take $5,000 off that amount. Every time you tweet, I see a tweet by you, the amount goes down. Not even a bad tweet. Just no, a tweet. Any tweet. Yeah. Uh, unless it's approved, unless you text it to me and I tweet it for you because you, you're making millions of dollars. I have the opportunity to make millions of dollars and a tweet can set you. Now, he probably meant... I don't know what he was thinking. Maybe, again, you know, you have like, a couple look, of... Look, it's one of those situations where he's thinking the same thing almost everybody else is at the same time. It's like, oh, wow, it's two lives. But at the end of the day, you could have empathy for the guy, Henry Ruggs, but you can't have sympathy for him. No, I mean, that's a terrible, and also, terrible not thing three days did. after no, the woman's no, dead. Yeah. He's facing 50 years in jail, according to what I read. 
Like, what are you tweeting I don't for? think that the league has anything to say about this or won't, but I feel like the Giants as a team need to do something. Even if it's internally, they uh, have to pull this kid aside because they're ha- like it, right now it looks like now, Darius Tony answers to nobody. The only thing I know is I have some friends of mine who work for the Giants. And they do say he's a really nice kid. Oh, of course. He's just one of those punk-ass kids that does the tweet stuff. Anyway, um, even when we tweet stuff, how careful are we? I'm always careful. I'm going to say something stupid. Like, you know, like how many... I got in trouble when I said Dave Sturcho's kid's going to be a Jet fan now. (laughs) And then what happened was I I got in trouble with Dave because everybody wants his kids to be Jet fans. And Dave was upset about that. And then it turns out that... Dave's family on on his wife's side, they're all Jet fans. So there's no doubt that the kid's going to be a Jet fan. And I got in trouble for that here. Dave was a little annoyed at me. And uh, I bought him, I bought his kid, I bought his kid a little onesie that says Jets on it. I bought him a little helmet that fit on top of his Tony Romo. Tony Romo. And um, (laughs) I actually do feel bad that both of his kids now are complete Jet fans. And that's sad. But I shouldn't have tweeted that out. I should have held back. I should have talked to Dave about it. So, I, I think Shop Sports is going to find you. I, um, I'm going to get fined. Skim off the top of your next. Uh, I t-shirt, will not let t- uh, t-shirt check. I'm not going to let it go. I absolutely adore the fact that uh, I'm just going to make his kid a Jet fan, even if it's like you know, because by the time his kid's old enough to know football, I'll be long gone from here probably. So <laughs> he's only four days old. Um, anyway, let's see other things. Um, a bunch of bad games in the NFL that nobody cares about, but the worst game. Uh, we have to discuss. I have to discuss. Well, first I'll discuss my Knickerbockers. Um, listen, in the beginning of the year, I always said the Knicks stink, but they're better than they were, so they're fun. So of course they were five and one, but I knew this, this is not, not going to go ten and two. They're not going to go fifteen and three. But watching some of these games now, Friday night they played well against Milwaukee. They totally stuck it to them in the second half. Yeah, but. It was almost like Milwaukee didn't play right. Yeah, I had Milwaukee minus three and a half in that yeah, one. And and, uh, didn't, that it didn't, didn't work out for me in the second half. But like the Cleveland game last night, I was watching a bunch of that game. Um, like the Knicks, like, I don't know, man. Uh, that uh, I, What scares me is Vegas says the, uh, the over and under is 42 wins, 41. Is that what it is, something like that? I think it's 41 and a half. 41 and a half. And remember, I was like, no way. we're gonna. And now I'm like. Whenever Vegas says something, it looks like a sucker bet to me. Um, I think the Knicks are going to win over 41 games, but if you watch the game last night, you're like, man, they don't play as hard defense. I don't know if the players are starting to tune. They just seem off to me. Randall seems like he gets covered now. They know to shut down Randall. Um, Barrett's the only guy who seems to be playing well. And Kemba Walker and Kemba. They're Walker. shooting a lot more threes already through 10 games than so they did all of that last year. awful NBA game. And I think the Rose Walker thing, you know, they're older guys. They're going to have off nights. But on Friday night, Rose dominated. Uh, so I don't know. I think Kemba Walker is is a pro. Uh, look, Kemba Walker creates his own shot, but the problem is he dribbles out the clock and he needs to create his own shot. He right. doesn't really do much off the ball. He's I'm not a big fan of Kemba. Yeah, I, I, but he still he can he can take control of the game. I, I will say this: I think the Knicks, if you no matter what you bet, the 41 and a half wins with a week left in the season. Oh, either you're gonna side, be alive. Either side's gonna be alive. I really yeah. feel that way. Um, but I think the Knicks can be maybe we'll see. That's I'm, good. You know for what? Like, that's good for like the five. I'm down on the Knicks. They've lost four out of five games. I'm down on them. But that's just me being a jerk off fan. Um, <coughs> other news. I had the privilege to drive down with my daughter and her friend to Piscataway, New Jersey, on Saturday afternoon. The Rutgers mixed Scarlet Knights played Wisconsin. I picked up my daughter at dance. I got her friend. We got in the car. I was a little bit late for the game, which I had to be. My daughter had dance rehearsal. No problem with that. I missed the big tailgate. No problem with that. I sat down at the game, and, you know, it was only 7 nothing. Then we kicked the field goal, 7-3. But I was like, okay, 7-3, beautiful day. 54 degrees, sunny. There was eight students in the student section. There was about 25 of me, and most of it were my friends from my tailgate. The attendance there was atrocious. Now, I walked in late to the game. As I'm walking in, now it's a 3-30 game, so there's no excuse. The tailgating area was as if the game was in three hours. It was like music. People, I'm thinking, we're playing Wisconsin. They're ranked like 20th. 
There was no realm. Zero excitement for the actual game. The game. Just like, an excuse like, to go get like, hammered. When I say no, the people were still, they were doing karaoke. Now, it, it was 3.45. Like, I get, do karaoke at 1 o'clock. Jump around. Have girls, you know, jumping around in, you know, uh, miniskirts. Well, I get all that. I'm all in. Right? Cool music. Of course, we had our Southern Rock on. And I get to the game. It was easy. I drove from uh, Bergen County. I did 70 miles an hour up until the yellow lot. It was the first time I stopped. Okay. I walked right into the stadium. There was no line. There was no... I was able to get a beer easy. I got a nice little 24-ounce Bud Light. God bless. I was going to be one and done because I had my kid with me. And the game, the crowd was dead. And it was 7-3. And I remember looking up. I looked at my brother. And I said, Frank, you know what? It's 10 minutes ago in the second quarter. It's 7-3. Like, but they, they missed a field goal. They were moving... They were, again, like Ohio State, 50 pounds and four inches per guy. Like, their quarterback looked like... it was like, just a bold move that you would even go right. to that game late. Well, I wanted to because... you got there, it could have been way over could, with. My, The goal of most of my friends was, will Rutgers be covering the spread when Jimmy shows up? Uh, and then the game just... It's just... They just There was nothing going on there. Crowd was out of it. No student section. Next thing you know, within four and a half minutes, it was 31 to three. Like... Like fast, like fast death. And then I don't think we crossed midfield the rest of the way. And they're calling for the kid Wimsat, the rookie quarterback. But I'm like, you know what? What's you the want, point? What's the point of putting him in now? Um, Rutgers just got 52 to 3, whatever it was. I left in the middle of the third quarter. When I left, there was no one in the stadium. I couldn't imagine what was left of five minutes ago. Um, people were starting to boo. And people were yelling at the people, booing. And I was like, I looked at my brother. I said, Frank, it's just dead here, man. This is awful. Um, I was so, I, I, I was like, Seattle, man, you know, last week at the press conference, you begged everybody to get into that stadium. No one listened. And then you put out, you, you lay an egg like this. Um, they didn't look well coached. They didn't look prepared. They didn't look like they had energy. Or what happened is the good players that he recruited they're not on the field yet. They're playing high school football. And the guy you did bring in early should be playing high school football, but he's on the bench. Why put the kid in the game? So what do you think that it does to recruiting when you see oh. <clears throat> like when you see an empty stadium and then you got obviously it's the Wisconsin game and like for example the Ohio State game. Like you bring all, all your recruits, all the guys that you to those games. Listen, if and I were, then when the stadium is empty, it's if I were Penn a, State, I disheartening. I do the same thing that they did with Barkley. Rutgers was signed with, uh, was uh, committed to Rutgers. Squam Barkley did. And then he went to a Penn State game, a whiteout, three weeks later, 105,000 people screaming. And it's like, uh, sorry. Uh, sorry. But I love you guys. He actually says really nice things about Rutgers. I think he's even visited the campus and stuff. But it was like, you go to one of those games, you go to a Rutgers game, and it's like, there's nothing going on. You know what I mean? I mean, the, the chicks in the stands are hot, but there's no, you know, that's Rutgers. Well, you mean the parking lot, because there's no chicks in the it, stands. It, it, there's it, nobody it's, in It's the depressing. And even when there's nobody there, there's lines at the food thing. Like, I, I was yelling out. No, that's what I was getting at. The, the, the for opening game, I was like, it seems pretty empty. The, only, the only place I can't seem to move is in line to get a pretzel. Everybody's online trying to get a, a, a lousy, although I, I did get one of those Aunt Millie. Uh, Auntie Anne. Auntie Anne pretzels. Oh, I got three of those. Bro, and I have a that story cost me $40. That. I sat in line for an hour. And I get up there, and he's like, "Oh, we're all out." No, and you get, I was like, "Oh, it's like when you so get I'll the just, hard pretzel." I'll just go. Yeah, I was disappointed. Myself. I'm down on Rutgers football now, um, but they got. To, I, what I want to see is this kid better get at least a half or a game, because right now he's got. Oh, there's four more. There's three more games in the regular season, but the weird thing is they're four and five. If they beat Indiana this week, which is Indiana's not great, they're two and six. If we beat Indiana, if it's a big if, we're, we're we'll be five and five with two games to go. One of them's Maryland, another beatable team. Penn State, we're going to get smoked. If they go six and six and go to a bowl, then Shannon, I think, is a co coach of the year in the Big Ten because that's the goal: just get into a bowl. But I think they're going to lose the next three. I do. I think they're they they're injured. They don't have the horses. It's over. I think, and I think that's going to set back recruiting. And then and there's no, there's nothing behind them. There's no, you know, there's no here's nothing. Rabid there's, fan base that's pulling for them. It's so the nothing culturally. Cult there's no exactly. culture. So, uh, in other words, and my brother brought up a very good point about the Scarlet McKnights. He's like Jimmy. We're in the we're in the Big Ten East, and he's like, New Jer is New Jersey this the tri-state area? Are we okay with playing every year when we cannot win 
our division. It's not like in baseball, like the Mets stink and they win the East, but there's no shot, no shot of us ever going to the Rose Bowl. There's not even a shot of you ever beating Ohio State ever in but, a game. Well, but but let even alone, let alone going to a Rose even Bowl. Even if we do beat Ohio State one year, God forbid, on a fumble with six yeah, seconds ago. Michigan will clean up the mess. We'll, we'll already have four. In other words, yeah. we're not winning. So my brother's like, this area, New Jersey and New York, we don't have that 400-year history of of Rutgers, are you? It's like, no, I think this area is going to be like, I'm just going to watch the Jet game. You, you ask most of the people in this area what, what fan they are of college football, and it's Notre Dame, Penn State. It's, it's and only one, only the Rutgers grads, and even that, you lost so many decades of lousy football. It's all, if, even if you're a Rutgers grad, but then your kid goes to Penn State, it's like, oh, I could finally root for another team. It, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it's awful. It's just, and they haven't been good in a while. I mean, I, I'm not... <sighs> I'm not putting a nail in the coffin, but uh, Shiano, like, you got to get it going. Anyway, that's my sad Rutgers discussion there. I'm not supposed to talk about sports all the time, but I do. I will tell you, I'm still in rehearsing. In rehearsing. I'm still rehearsing with my daughter in the Nutcracker. It's getting intense. Today we had to do, yesterday was left foot, right foot, back right foot. I'm doing all these dances with her. Um, I play one of the dads. I watched the video from two years ago. I realized that the dad's... Uh, really don't do anything. If they make a mistake, nobody cares. But you know what it is? Everybody's looking at me in the class because they know I'm an actor. Yes. So it's almost like I'm Aaron Rodgers and we're throwing balls to a tire. And they're like, well, that guy should be able to do that. And I'm like, no, but I don't do musicals. You got the wrong guy here. You know what I mean? Um, Ramon, cue the poodles. I'm just saying. So, uh, but my daughter's getting a kick out of it. And I love the way the lady's yelling at the kids and, uh, stay focused and stay in character and all this. I'm trying to tell my daughter that she's looking at me like I'm an oil painting. Um, so, but I, I got to admit, I'm enjoying it. The guys are, um, the guys are funny. They're like, dude, in between shows, don't worry. I got. We're gonna tailgate. They want to tailgate in between the shows. It's at two o'clock and at seven o'clock. I'm like, what do you mean tailgate? He's not gonna bring the thing. I want to bring some vodka, Bloody Marys. I'm like, wait a minute. All of a sudden, this Nutcracker is. Uh, so, is, are these Nutcracker rehearsals? Have they have they been hard? Has it been a cardio workout? No, not at all. It's just a bunch of uh, uh, there's like fifty kids in a room. Are you are you trying to uh, shed any pounds because of the tights that you have to wear? Well, okay, that was excellent. I tell you what, one thing about Chris Gucci is every fourth show, you are one of the best producers I've ever worked with um, because you come in, you're like you're like a bad three point shot, but then you hit like off the back the where it goes one. in a big, big one. one. I'm with you on that. Like you, you would never go to Villanova. You, you're not that good to hit the three. You could be at Rutgers. I was just going to say. We got um, okay. Uh, he just, okay. Four turnovers in okay. one big so three. There's a couple of things, a couple of things here. And then I'm just going to end up being a long show. I know it. The, my sister came up with an idea. Because she's concerned about me. Because every time I post something on Facebook, all she sees is my my brother Jimmy looks like a fat bastard. And you know what? I, I've seen my post. I'm like, hey, Jimmy, you look. Like this jersey I'm wearing right now used to be like plenty of room. Now it's like, you know, I realized I gained. So she goes, I gained too much weight. I lost 35 pounds a couple years ago. Gained it all back like a jerk off. Um, and she's worried about my health. I'm, uh, you know, she's just she's worried, and she should be. I should be worried. I got a twelve year old. What am I doing? So she said, "Why don't you weigh in in the morning for your show every Monday? Tell everybody what your weight is, and then next week when I come back, I got to announce what my weight is, and then you can bust my balls and everything." So this morning at the weigh in, I look like a young Mustafa Hamshell versus Trevor Burbick here. I weighed in at. <laughs> Anybody, someone's driving off the road now. I just said Trevor Burbick. I did that for my buddy Pat. Trevor Burbick's funny. Uh, that's Ali's last fight, by the way. Um, I weighed in at 218.4 pounds. I'm five nine and a half. I am, I am like a fullback for a bad Division three, you know, like Montclair State or Rowan. Hand off right side, Palumbo first down at fourth and one. He's, I'm, I'm a butterball. I'm, you're a catcher. I could like I gotta now watch. You're like a men's softball catcher, but I, co-ed. I'm co-ed. I'm, I should be catching, but I, my my knees will hurt. I'm fat. I play pickleball. I'm slow, even though I'm very good at pickleball. I run out of gas. Uh, I get, I get, uh, uh, I, I got to take Tums now. 
This is just, I mean, I, what happened to me? I mean, I was never a guy at the gym in shape, but I was always like, I mean, you know. Yeah. I, no, now I, I can't I, If there's one thing that I could relate to is that I've never really been the in shape, in the gym guy, but I always have had like, okay, you could tell he plays sports, he's an athletic build. Now I'm just like that no. skinny fat. Yeah. my. But I have two nightmares every day. First is when the remote falls off the couch. Uh, to me, you might, it's like it's like it's seven thousand miles away. It's like it landed in How about LA. when the batteries pop out? Too? Oh, it's you like can't you forget it. You, no, you just don't watch television. Yeah, you just go to bed. It's bedtime. The other the other thing is, and this is how you know. This is how you know. You ready for this? I feel bad because my daughter someday will visit me at the nursing home. Um, I fear putting on my socks because it's a process. I have to make sure, A, the air conditioning's on. Otherwise, I'll shower. I get on the edge of my bed. <laughs> I go to put my socks on, and I'm like, I got to take them off. I got to shower Bro, again. There's like a breathing technique that you got to incorporate into putting your socks on. You got to inhale and then exhale slowly as and you And if there's a little moisture you on your over. feet from the shower, it's, it's, I got to lean back. And sometimes I just say the hell with it. I, leave, I don't even get over the heel. It's it's although the, the only good news is I'm still a very effective at the plate and softball which you've seen, but I got too heavy. So my sister said, "Now make the audience beg. You know they want more Jimmy Palumbo, especially since soon enough we're going to be on Patreon, and you're maybe maybe we'll do something where if I lose weight, uh, you'll give me a dollar a month, uh, and so I can start making real money." The weight here. loss challenge. We get it. We'll figure something out. We'll figure something out now. Are you going to join me in any kind of challenge? Are you just going to be commentating on my world? Yeah, no, I'll, I'll join you in the challenge. Did you I'm, weigh in? But here's the thing. I did weigh in. What were you? I'm 184. Okay, how tall are you? 5'11". Okay, and how old are you? 39. Okay. So, so I feel like I'm in, I have, the, you have in, the, to, in the right percentile, but is, I'm in that position now where I said, like, I've always been in shape, but since Chop Sports is A little bit a of thing, a belly now? I haven't done a goddamn thing. Okay. Outside of, like, maybe, like, 100 So make sure you write down in your book, uh, 218.4... And what are you? One, I'm one eighty four. Okay, but the thing is, I'm not. Now, really, there's no goal. The goal, by the way, I'm not going to say to you. Yeah, I'm not going to say I'll be no, two fifteen. I have no weight loss goals. I, I have like I need to look better. Right. So I got to actually, you know, um, lay off the McDonald's milkshakes on the way home on Route thirty four. Yeah. And so that's going to be my um, my thing. We're going to try next week. I what I do is I wake up in the morning Monday. I usually take a, I go to the bathroom, then I get on the scale with my underwear and oh, and it's right on. after football That's Sunday it. too, where I am a complete yes, waste bloated, of you got a lot of salt. Right now anyway. I'm in the, I'm on that in between where you like, I'm in between being skinny and fat. Like if you trying to grow your hair out, well you look like me 20 years ago. Yeah, so same page. The other thing I want to discuss something very funny happened, very cool. Number one, as you as my listeners know, I did an audition. From the Chop Sports FlippingMadeEasy.com studios. I don't know if I mentioned that earlier. We are indeed live here from the FlippingMadeEasy.com studios. And I did an audition here for Brave and Health, and I actually booked it. So we, we always considered it one for one. I did my second audition here last Monday for Xfinity, and I got a call back. So in my mind, I'm two for two. Well, one and a half for two. We don't know yet. Well, yeah, you're and I'm up. waiting to hear. But the bottom line is... Uh, this is Callback City here. I think this should be go live from the Jimmy Plumbo gets a Callback Studios. The hell would flipping made easy. So but right I, now you're like the Brett Gardner of. I am like a young, I'm a young gardener. You're not out yet, but you're. It's we know that yeah, regardless. I mean, I'll end up with the Diamondbacks. So I'm waiting to hear for that. If I book that, that'll be very exciting because it'll be for a bigger national network commercial. The other thing that went on, I booked a TV show. Uh, my good friend William DeMeo uh, booked me again. It's a show on Amazon Prime called Gravesend. It's a pretty good show. They did four episodes the first season. They got all pandemic. Now they're shooting the second season. And I played someone famous. I played um, Lenny from Lenny's Pizzeria in Brooklyn with that famous scene with Travolta and Saturday Night Fever. And he puts the two slices of pizza together and he eats it. Well, I'm Lenny. And it's this whole mob thing. It's kind of like a... Brooklyn's version of the Sopranos. Um, it's not like the Sopranos, but it's like it's all Brooklyn. What in 1987? What was life like in Brooklyn? And um, I play uh, Lenny's Pizzeria. Now we shot, and I can't give away plot details. I don't want to do that. But I got to tell you, the, so, the funniest thing ever happened on this set. Number one, I had to do a fight scene. Okay, but before the fight scene, I have to have a conversation with one of the uh, one of the guys. And they come into the pizzeria. But here's the best thing. Uh, the pizzeria is still a popular pizzeria in Brooklyn. 
There's this little girl, short girl. She's about 40 years old, Josephine Giordano. She owns it with her father and the family. They didn't close. I, I find there's any actor out there, you're going to laugh like this. They didn't close the pizzeria for the shoot. Now, I can't tell you how crazy that is. This is a working, so, and I'm behind the counter at the pizzeria with camera guys, lights, and they didn't close, so people yeah, were coming weird. in and looking at me going, let me get two slices with uh, pepperoni. I'm like, I, I'm, now I'm wearing, I look like I'm it, a pizzeria. It would, like, it would be like buying out a venue for a wedding yeah, and then still serving food to regular guests. Well, yeah, exactly yeah. right. Like in the, in like sitting in the wedding. Back, right. So I was rolling, meanwhile though, Josephine Giordano, who's on a show called, uh, I think it's called Pizza Wars on YouTube. She is a little pipsqueak. She's funny as hell. I'm ball breaking with her, mocking around for the fact, you still serving people? She goes, yeah, what the hell? And he'll go back and forth. But the best part, her father, Frank Giordano, wasn't in on any of this. He He's from Italy, came here in like 74. Nice guy, but like um, completely agitated at that his customers can't get like, he, he wasn't buying into this. It was like, uh, what, people can't order. Like, it was like, no, he had zero it's, regard. It's probably the same way your father would have approached oh, it. Oh, my father would have said, get these cameras out of here. There was absolutely no regard for a, a TV shoot going on. It was funny as hell. And uh, I was just like, oh, my God. I, I shot it with Louis Lombardi, who's a you know character star. He's been in a lot more things than I have. And we had a few laughs. and uh, But we had to do a fight scene. I won't leave up. I'll, I'll keep the plot out of it, but... And I had to get hit in the, next thing you know, I have to get hit in the stomach. And I'm like, I'm looking at the stunt guy and I'm looking at the two bozo actors who are wearing masks. Big target. Wearing like Halloween masks as part of their thing. And I was like, hey man, um, we got to go over this because if you're an actor and you get overzealous doing a take and they were fake bats, but they were like that hard rubber you know what I'm talking about? Like, and I'm saying to myself, if this actor who I can't even see his face, not because of COVID mask, regular like Halloween mask thing, what if he just gets into the role and on take five, you know, hits a fastball on my gut or hits me in the balls or in the face? So I was like, I was very like, I was totally so I'm looking at this guy. He's putting padding on me. Nothing fit. So I'm like, wait a minute, you don't have fat people in that, that get hit in the gut. So we're doing this whole thing. And then I'm like, he goes, you're really nervous. And I realized, like, I have the most experience of anybody on that set, probably. Which makes you I've more nervous. Than that. Well, I was like, I was like, hey, uh, I'm a gamer here, but like, I, I want to know what, what are we doing here. So then he put pads on my back because one guy's got to hit me in the gut, next guy's got to take my legs out, then I got to roll on the floor, then they got to take the point of the bat and hit me in the gut again. So finally, the stunt guy goes, Jimmy, I got you, I got you. I was like, well, start getting me because I don't know what's going on here. And then, so we start re rehearsing that scene, and then he was really being specific to the guys. Like, the guy who hit me in the legs, you can't, the camera can't see. They can only see the swing. So he was like, do you play baseball? And the guy's like, yeah. He goes, well, you got to check swing before you hit his calf. So I'm looking at the guy like, uh, how much baseball did you play, bro? Like, we don't, we, I don't want to see the first place umpire. Ha! You know what I mean? You got, you got to check your swing. Because you can blow out my calf. You know what I mean? So, of course, now everybody's calling me a wussy on the set. But the director, William DeMayo, was like, Jimmy, we got you. And the way they shot it, I took one shot that I was like, I got a hernia operation about four or five years ago. I took one shot to the gut. And after that take, I looked at him. I said, guy, you just that's the maximum you can go. I was like, because it hurt. And I was like, that's it. And I had this chest protector on. Meanwhile, you think I look fat. I look fat standing there with no padding on. Now I got. Now I look like a young Thurman. But I, I'm, I look. I just look like a butterball, uh, like the boxer butterball. Um, but we shot it. It was awesome. Uh, I got. To, I really. I had a lot of fun hanging out with uh, um, uh, Josephine Giordano and. Uh, I can't wait. Next time I'm in Brooklyn, I'm nearby. I'm going to go in there and bust their balls again. Pizza was good, too. Um, but it was just a crazy, crazy shoot. I'm glad I did it. It's Gravesend. It's coming out uh, in 2022, season two. I want everybody to check it out. I am playing Lenny, the pizzeria owner, which now, pizzeria owners, is the number one uh, character that I play in the country. I've done it on uh, Monk. I've done it on uh, Gravesend. I've done it on... Uh, um, uh, 30 Rock. I've done it in a movie called Tale of Two Pizzas. I've done it on, uh, uh, what else? Something else. I'm forgetting. I've done it on 
I was a murderer on a show with the chick from, uh, uh, oh God, what's the name of the show? It's on an NBC show. It was the murder, first time murder. You Pete, did the booking. Like yeah, it was in my bookings. Four weeks I, ago. Uh, Will and Grace. With the Will and Grace girl, I was the killer. She put They put clams on pizza, which is awful. Uh, so I'm like a six-time pizzeria owner guy. Uh, so that's it. But we come back. Um, we're going to have a very special guest. Eddie Zucker is going to come in, and we are going to preview Rutgers basketball 2021-2022. We'll be right back. Hey, Chop Sports family, it's Jimmy Palumbo here. I am doing a stand-up show on November 27th, Saturday of Thanksgiving weekend at 7.30 p.m. at the Carteret Performing Arts and Event Center with great comedian Mike Marino. Phone number 877-849-2722 for tickets. Again, 877-849-2722, November 27th, 7.30. Jimmy Palumbo and Mike Marino live from Carteret, Central New Jersey's in the house. All right, we are back here, show number 35. We have a special guest coming right up. And, of course, when I have guests on the show, it's sponsored by Absolute Eyewear. Getting involved here from the Omni, 42 Main Street, Woodbridge, New Jersey, 732-326-3937 or 732-326-Eyes. That's our favorite part of the show right there. taking it like a... These are opticians. These are the best place. It's Craig and Johnine Michaud, who is actively getting involved with the whole network here. She's been they've been our sponsors for a long time. I used to get mad at Craig because he doesn't call me, but now he gave me a free pair of sunglasses, so I love it and love him again. He plays on my softball team. This is a family-owned business, absolute eyewear. He's my right center fielder. Now they're open uh, five days a week, and Craig, they're closed on Sundays. Why? Sundays is football Sunday. That's and right, and they're closed on Wednesdays. Why? Softball. There you go. And Corona you just softball. Me Craig, but I just called you Craig. Yeah. All right. See, that I actually want to have Craig on the show now. Um, they're a full service optician. They got everything: prescription eyewear, prescription sunglasses. They got safety glasses, sports glasses, glasses for the kids getting involved, contacts, eye exams for three. Got it. Everything's local there. Um, they got every budget, including mine, which is like you know zero. Um, they got discounts, AAA and Blue Cross Blue Shield, AARP, and you get a hundred dollars a complete pair of prescription eyeglasses when you mention this podcast and maybe bring in a little photo with me and stick it on the window. Um, they're great people. Listen, they do everything right on premises, including the exams for the glasses and stuff. They definitely get um, uh, get your glasses back pretty quick, maybe even the same day if you do early in the morning. Um, please call them. They can do some delivery stuff. They want to have you come in. And you should come in because Craig and Johnny are just good-looking people. And why not talk to good-looking people? And as I always say, they're involved with the town. They help people out. And also, when you when you leave there, you don't feel like a jerk-off, which I think should be a sign. That should be the name of their company. Uh, this should be called, uh, you know, Absolute Eyewear. We're not jerk-offs. Uh, you, feel, you feel fine when you leave there. My mother shops there, so... It's got the Palumbo seal of approval, plus Craig sent me a brand new pair of uh, glasses. And uh, Craig, I think it's time we discuss what kind of glasses they have there. Your attention, please. Glasses available at Absolute Eyewear, Ray-Ban, Coach Ralph Lauren, Jimmy Choo, Silhouette, Michael Kors, Vogue, Maui Jim, and Costa Del Mar. So that's my Bob Shepard doing the glasses there, um, which I always do. Absolute eyewear. Give them a call, 732-326-3937, Main Street, Woolbridge, New Jersey, right by the train station. Go make it happen so you can see. All right. My special guest here is a, this is a double whammy because Rutgers basketball starts their season um, on Wednesday. So I decided the reason why I'm such a big Rutgers basketball fan is because number one, I went to the school. Number two, I lived on the in the dorm where all the basketball players were. And my sophomore year, I have my roommate and one of the stars of Rutgers basketball in the down 80s, your friend and mine, Mr. Eddie Zucker. Ed, what's up, man? Jimmy, great to be here, brother. Uh, I, you know what? I've been telling you for months. I'm going to have you on right before the season so we can talk. But the funny thing is, I actually realized... You know, we played, you know, I went, we went to school there in the 80s. And I was like, I, all I remember is Eddie was really good as a freshman, and then he got hurt. But, you know, in my mind, like, 
Once he got hurt, he never played again. And I'm like, wait a minute. He actually, like, he, his sophomore year, he was hurt. But then, like, his junior year, you were a very good player in the Atlantic 10. I got to give that to you. I mean, like, eight, nine points a game. That was huge. Yeah, it was a lot of fun back then. And as you know, you went to all the games. And uh, I remember the Atlantic 10 finals. Right. At the rack. We lost. We lost to Temple. Yep. Brian's and I remember last- at the end of the game, you and your mother came behind the bench, put your hand on my shoulder to console me. Yes. You know, but we could have went to the NCAA tournament. We lost by eight points that game. And the photograph in the Daily Target is me and my mother in the background. Um, of course, I got to know the uh, the, the Scarlet Knight, um, uh, the guy who owns the T-shirt place yes. in the middle of the Bronx. Yeah. The only, sadly, the only bad thing about your era was just it wasn't a very we lost a lot of games it was yeah, a down did. year no after tom young craig little page uh but i still i'm still convinced because i knew after you hurt your knee your your junior year you were very effective then you hurt your back and Correct. your back really your back actually never really recovered from that no even it took, as an me, adult. it took me a long time to recover in fact i still played after right uh, but you were like basketball. half a player you know, it was a it was a it was a bad injury, and yeah. anybody who ever had a back injury that had required surgery knows that it's a long recovery. And right. um, the good news is that at fifty six years old, I don't have any back problems. That's great. But unfortunately, I was a player back then, and it hampered you know my yeah. ability to perform. I've, so. I, I've talked to other people, and they're like, "Yeah, Eddie, you would have been a really." Really nice player for four years. How you didn't get a the knee injury, I had to get scoped, and the back injury. But we could talk all day long about Eddie Zucker's uh, fine career at the bank. You're also very popular when you go to the games. People yell out your name, which is really cool because you were always good at like sucking up to the donors and all that stuff. <laughs> I'm a public um, relations yeah, public guy. Public relations guy. He might be doing public relations for this podcast coming up because Eddie Zucker knows everybody now. Let's discuss. Now, Rutgers basketball, let me just, uh, briefly, I'll say it. The last two seasons have been awesome. The first one got cut short with COVID. We definitely would have been in the tournament. We were playing really good ball. Came back last year. We weren't as good last year, record-wise, but we clearly deserved to get in once we won a game in the tournament, uh, the uh, Big Ten tournament. And uh, we were able to win a game against Clemson. And then, of course, we lost a heartbreaker to Houston, which to this day, Geo Baker dribbling off his foot makes me sick. It was but a heartbreaker. Brother. Rutgers has arrived. They're much better um, than than they were ever. And they got some new recruits coming in. Um, you know, in 2019-20, they were 11-9 in league and 20-11. and 11. And last year, they were 10-10 and 10 in league and 16-12. and 12, But they won a couple games in the Big Ten tournament, and that solidified it. You know, they're... Looking at their roster, I think this year, although the Big Ten schedule is just a beast, but I'm looking at like I'm looking at guys like Geo Baker, who's a senior, but a fifth year senior, very effective player. I'm looking at guys like Ron Harper Jr., again, senior, been around a long time. I'm looking at guys like uh, um, Paul Mulcahy, who is not the greatest recruit in the world, but he's a he's a junior, first two seasons, so that's like sixty games. Played tons of minutes. He got he's bigger, he's stronger. So in my mind, we're like kind of guard. Our guards are good, and Ron Harper can also bring up the ball. So in my mind, looking at Rutgers basketball, I'm like, at least they I know they're they're going to be effective in the guard position. I think that that's going to be their strong point. They also have two new recruits coming in, Jalen Miller and uh, Jaden Jones, who are um, and Jalen Miller is more of a pure guard, and Jaden Jones is more of a guard forward. Um, so I think I think Rutgers is going to be like a little guard heavy, which is nice. And to me, the biggest thing on the season is how good is Clifford Omanuri going to be? Uh, Miles Johnson left to go to UCLA. This guy Omanuri is a beast. I mean, he's 6'11", 240. He's only a sophomore. He's from Nigeria, played at Roseau Catholic. If he emerges as it looked like at parts of last year, like, wow, this kid could be the guy. That, that to me, is going to be a huge game changer. Ron Harper's going to do his thing. He gets hot from three. He's a tough player. They all play defense. Baker can hit that last second shot. Like, you know, the 10 seconds ago, one guy has the ball. He creates. That's effective. I just don't know the Big Ten schedule once January comes, man. It's just like at Iowa, Wisconsin. And it's, it's just it's, it's, it's brutal. I mean, we got to play Purdue twice. we got to play Iowa uh, stuff like that. So that's my take on it. But, Eddie, <laughs> let me ask you, what do you think 
is going to happen this year with the Scarlet McKnights? Well, first thing is, you know the Big Ten Conference, so it is an absolute grind, uh, whether it's a home game or an away game. And if you look at preseason polls, they have five teams in the top 20, uh, led by Michigan number six, Purdue number seven, Illinois number 11, Ohio State 17, and Maryland number 21. So they're loaded. I mean, the Big Ten Conference is loaded. The positive thing, as you stated earlier, is that we've been very successful the last couple of years. Coach Peichel's done an unbelievable job. Um, you know, losing Miles is, is a tough loss for us because he took up the middle. What's your thoughts on losing Miles Johnson? Well, I loved him as a player because I love guys that can defend and rebound, and he, right. he clogged the middle up. I mean, he was not a polished offensive player. No, but he was, um, a, he was a great defense, and he excellent. left to go to UCLA. Yes. And I got to be honest with you, who leaves... You're on a team, and you're one of the stars of the team, and you leave, lateral move, yes, me, I know UCLA, John Wooden, please. You're leaving a team that was two NCAA tournaments in, and you're a major player in it, and you go, and I know he's from the West Coast, but I, that's just left a bad, th- like, <laughs> I, I wish the kid well, but like, part of me thinks, like, I hope UCLA sucks. I'm kind sorry. of the assistant coaches on that team, how they work with big men, because it might be a completely a thing that he's trying to prepare for for the draft. Well, from what I heard, offense. what I heard has to do with academically, he, he's like a, a engineer. engineer, and he would have been graduated, and UCLA has all the, all the crap that he wants to do for the rest uh, of his life. Makes sense, then. But, no, it doesn't. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Let me tell you College will always be there. What you do is you stay at Rutgers, you kick ass, and then you go to UCLA. You know, there's a lot of things. You know, the, the transfer portal, which the NCA create, created, has a lot of pluses and minuses. Oh, it's You're always a about, plus for Rutgers, right. I think. You know, you know, just just for Miles, UCLA I, was in the Final Four last year. Yeah. So they got a lot of really great players back, so... I'm not so sure it's a who's lateral. a lateral move. I'm going to say lateral. Wise. I know the ball's you on know? me to say lateral because, move. Yes. I'm angry. And, I'm well, angry. We lost Jacob I, Young also. I mean, I Jacob don't Young was a huge part of our success And he went to, uh, where did he go? I don't even know where he went. Like Memphis Tech or but something. But the thing like is, he's probably not going to play for UCLA, whereas he would have played every No, night. he's going to play, play for UCLA. He'll play because he's, he's, a, he's a he's polished player. Yeah. He might. He's 6'11". Sure. I mean, he's an, he's an active Active uh, on the boards, and player. it's a no-brainer here, you know, as far as I see it. So, so play for UCLA yeah. or Rutgers, it's no-brainer. No offense to Rutgers. I, I, uh, but then there's... The ha- where's the anger? Anyway, I, listen, I wish so, the kid well. Well, I'll tell you this, uh, Jimmy. Rutgers is going to be better than UCLA We were picked preseason to finish eighth in the league, you know, which is kind of in the middle. Right. In we're always picked We're always in the middle. But again, you look at five teams in the top 20. But one of the main reasons why we didn't go higher than eight is because the the media, the analysts were saying, did Rutgers improve themselves by losing Miles and also with Jacob Young? And let's just focus real quick. Jacob Young was a key player for them. Focusing real quick on the two players that we got in the transfer portal. Uh, We got Ralph Agee, who's a transfer from San Jose State. I watched his tape uh, who last averaged night. Averaged eleven points and five rebounds he's at San Jose and fifty-seven percent from the floor. Now, he's a more f- physical player than Cliff Omarui is. He's a better offensive player. Correct. So he's definitely going to help he's without come question off the, off the bench. Right. And then you have the kid Andre Hyatt, who's the wing transfer from, from LSU. LSU, who in the first round of the NCAA two A tournament last year had thirteen and ten against St. Bonaventure. So the grad transfers that they got coming in are polished players. Right. Plus we got two freshman guards coming Correct. in. Correct. So when I spoke to uh, one of the coaches who I'm tight with on the Rutgers staff, we talked about who's your projected five guys. So you got Gio, right, who's your point. You got Paul Mulcahy, who's your yeah. other guard. Uh, you got yeah. Ron Harper, who's a wing. Okay, and you got, and you got McConnell, Caleb McConnell, who's coming off uh, an injury played year last year. Right. You know, he, he we all up. thought he was going to redshirt, and next thing you know, twenty games into a season, he's playing. So he only right. played eight games last year, and then you got Cliff, uh, who was a huge recruit for us out of Roselle Catholic, right? Uh, taking over. Uh, so you don't the think minutes. Miles Johnson saw the writing on the wall that he wasn't going to play as much? I'm not sure. I think, like you said, you know, it's much deeper than basketball for that young man. That academically, he's going to graduate school, one of the top engineering schools in the country at UCLA. It was either, I, I, by the I'm way, sorry. it was either UCLA or Stanford. Yeah, so I think that's it, a no-brainer. You know, I, you, I, I, uh, you know what? I'm a basketball fan, and I, <laughs> I, I think it's a. I, I, I hope I don't. I wish him well. Right. But and by the way, Ron Harper. 
was selected uh, a preseason All Big Ten pick uh, right. before the season. One of eleven players. He's a much better player yeah, than I thought so he was going to be. Also, um, he was selected second year in a row by the Naismith uh, Basketball Hall of Fame Committee on their 2022 watch list for the Julius Irving Forward of the Year Award. Right now, so now last year, to Ron Harper. Yes, yeah, Ron yes, Harper Senior was his father. Yeah. Um, he was a great. One thing NBA about Ron player. Harper last year, I thought he was hurt. So interestingly enough, you know, I, again, I spoke to my one of my assistant coaches. When we talk about the five that we just talked about and w- what, what kind of minutes they logged last year, Gio logged 31 minutes a game. Mulcahy was 27 minutes. Ron Harper, 32 minutes. And Cliff was 15. And when Caleb was playing, the eight games that he played in, he played 23 minutes a game. So look for Cliff Omarui's minutes to almost double or be in the 25 range. Right. Um, and from what I understand, he looks great. He worked real hard in the offseason. Oh, he's, he's a beast, He's man. polished his his offensive skills. Um, from baseline to baseline, I don't know if there's a center in the country that's as fast as this kid is. You know what so I want to see? Some I'll, production from him on the offense. I want to see. When we play Michigan, the reason why I don't think Rutgers is going to beat Michigan, number one, they're very good. Number two, they're so big down low. They are. They're so, like we're more guard centric. They're so big, but you know, Pikeo may be able to rotate this guy Ag and Omenuri on the court together right. at certain points. Not all the time. You can't do that with foul trouble. But all of a sudden now, like, hey, Rutgers got some. They got some twin towers back there. Yeah, we definitely have some depth because on top of the five and then Ag and uh, Andre Hyatt, you also have a couple other players who are looking to get some quality minutes for them. You have uh, uh, Mawat. Yeah, which Moat Mag. Uh, yeah, Moat Mag, who uh, saw some minutes last year. Now, what he brings to the table, he's also an athletic kid. He's more of a mid-range player. He's not like a three-point shooter, but he's one of the best defenders on their team. And I believe the last guy he's wiry. Uh, he's so that we like is this kid, Jaden Jones, right. who's one of the more heralded recruits to come to Rutgers. Right. Uh, Six, who, eight. Correct. Who played a little bit last year, um, but comes in – with the reputation of being a really good three-point shooter, which you know we need and we, we struggled last year. Yep. Our yep. leading three-point shooter last year was Mulcahy, and I think his three-point uh, shooting percentage last year was 39% oh, from yeah. threes. But he didn't he take a ton. He hit some big ones. But right, he did. Was... He didn't take a ton. But I think we're deep. Um, we're healthy because we were not healthy uh, right. multiple times during the season last year from – Omarui was out for a little bit. Omarui was out. Baker was out with that with a, with a foot injury. Right. And um, Paul McKay, he had pinky surgery in the offseason because he, he messed up his, his pinky during he was the season. Only, one thing I like about McKay, he wears the headband. And he looks like <laughs> he looks like an accountant from Nutley. And every game he was either getting hit in the face, punched in the face, on the floor, bleeding. I'm like, look at this kid, man. And w- when he first started his freshman year, I was like, my first thought was, if we're going to be really good, this kid's not going to play as a senior. We should be out recruiting this kid's ability. But then you watch the kid play, diving for balls, for loose balls. Uh, he's just, he's always in the mix. He Yes. At, even like inbound passes. Like when he's inbounding the ball, it, it, it goes to the right guy. There, there's he, a basketball expression for a player like him. He's a glue guy. He does all the little things that you just right. uh, keyed on no doubt. that helps teams win. And every single basketball program in America, needs a Paul Mulcahy on the right. floor. And he's got a great story. His family house burnt down well, right, his senior year in high school. He's definitely the feel-good story. Um, I just hope with, uh, with this Jalen Miller guy coming in, uh, this kid's supposed to be a tough player. So, uh, you know. You mean Jaden Jones, the, the shooter? No, I thought, uh, who played last year a little bit? Jaden Jones played a little bit last no, year. No, Jason Miller's. Jalen, sorry. Jalen Miller? Jalen Miller. Is yeah, he's the, another point guard. Right, uh, 6'2 guy out of uh, Maryland, Frederick yeah, he's, Maryland. He's a high recruit, so you know, these guys are going to play a little bit. We we got some experience, but again, we're it's the Big Ten, right? And it's a grind. And if you go five hundred in the league, it's pretty darn good. Right. I think you know? I, I, my my prediction is that they go eighteen and thirteen, uh, and uh, they go ten and ten in the league. What do you think of that? I think that would be a successful season. What, what I'm looking for is they have depth. You know, and we just need more production offensively from the five spot. We got to score points inside. You know, I know the game has changed since you and I were in school, yes. where it's all behind the arc now. 
But to me, you still got to make mid-range shots, and you got to make right. two-point shots close to the basket. So I know their at-a-conference schedule is actually kind of weak. They play like you know Carteret and Linden, <laughs> but uh, but it's Colonia. Thank schedule, God, though, Chris. because you don't need well, you know, yeah, right. But here's <laughs> the thing. But here's the thing. Colonia's basketball team might beat them. Well, <laughs> you got to watch though. There's a couple of there's two very tough games. I think. Um, Seton Hall at the uh, at the Rock. We played them there, not at the Rack, the Rock, and Clemson, who we were in a dogfight with them last year. So those are that those are pick 'em games at best, and you always got to worry about every college season. Just watch ESPN that first two weeks when everybody's playing these lousy teams, whether it's Duke, Kentucky. Although I think Duke, Kentucky play tomorrow night, but. You'll always see a, a thing come on the ticker. You know, Duke's Upset up. Alert. Duke's up by four. Uh, it wasn't that one more. the other day when Kentucky was losing to Miles College right. at halftime. Yeah, that's it. I mean, I who's Miles College? To, they were losing I to Dave Sturgeo's kid. I, I think what happens is now, especially more so with the COVID situation, you have these fifth and sixth year seniors that are more common on these mid majors. Right. So a, a team that's loaded with seniors, even though they're from, we'll say, we'll call it Rutgers in this situation. Like Rutgers is a benefit because. They're benefiting because the teams like Michigan State, they lose guys to the NBA draft, whereas Rutgers keeps their guys for all years that they're eligible. Well, and 100%. also, you know, with the portal, um, uh, the, the the you can just if you're not going to play, then you gotta you gotta completely leave. Your parents say, "Listen, you're not going to play at Rutgers. Go somewhere else. Go make it happen." You know, but they all like. I think it's the opening game. Like we open up a Wednesday night against Lehigh. Now we're better than Lehigh, but you know, it's the first game. Some of the freshman people got, you know, the rack's going to be rocking. It may, you know, all of a sudden they, they hit three pointers. Next, you know, it's nine to two. And Rutgers wants to talk it over here. <laughs> and then you got to settle down. So, I mean, you know, and they play like their schedule is not the, another trap game at DePaul. Now, Paul's not that good, but you got to go to Chicago. Kids are looking at the lights and all this stuff. You can easily get dogged there. But we play like Lehigh, Merrimack, NGIT, Lafayette, UMass, another trap game. So they're gonna they're gonna win a lot of these games. And I'm being a little hard on them, but um, to me, the seat like at, uh, Purdue game, um, uh, the Michigan game is tough. I mean, but like Nebraska, we gotta start beating Nebraska now. They're not that good. Yeah, Wisconsin's we, not we, that good. Iowa's not down here this year. Like, when are we gonna take that? Where the other schools are looking at us going, hey, man, Big Ten stuff. We got Michigan, Michigan State, Rutgers. Well, let me ask you a question, Mr. Football Guy. How did you feel about Rutgers losing to Michigan a couple weeks ago? Well, we that had, was a game should, for the taking, correct? Should have won again. Correct. So we need to win games like that, not just in football, but in basketball as well. <laughs> so I think people in our conference know who well, we are. They know mind, that we're tough. And I'll get, I'll get off basketball, basketball for a second. <clears throat> but Excuse me. Um one of the things I told people is when we first joined the Big Ten, we were so unprepared. We just had to get in. We took the money, blah, blah, blah. But what is there, 25 sports? No, 20 sports they have. I think Michigan has the most. But we have about 20 sports. It was incredible. Not only was the basketball team and football team horrific, uh, even the women's basketball, who's usually strong, they were on a little on the downside. But then all the other sports were brutal. We were coming in dead last in, like, darts, chess, <laughs> like, everything. But a funny thing, I talked. I was talking to Ellerby, and he told me, Jimmy, it takes time. Rutgers doesn't have Big Ten coaches on all their teams yet, and that's where the money goes. So, in other words, you're paying a softball coach 150, 200 grand a year to coach uh, Rutgers. Now, is in a Big Ten, you bring someone, they get four hundred thousand because the, the whole thing is uprise. So, one by one, but nobody really looking. We started to replace coaches with with Big Ten caliber coaches, and if you look now. Um, obviously, basketball team is much better. The uh, lacrosse team, the soccer team, women's women's soccer. Uh, women's soccer women's just soccer lost just the tough one yesterday. Ten. Field hockey uh, won the Big Ten championship. Field hockey won the Big Ten championship. The softball team is better. Like everything is, we're not. A, don't get me wrong. It's we're a not domino effect. It's it's we're not dead last in all the categories, and I think every program is on the rise. The only one, though, that's holding us back, of course, is the Big Daddy, which is football. And if football can just somehow be... But that's that's probably... Go naturally, that's going to be the last domino to fall. Right, but... You know, it's the, the hardest There's some people that don't think, because we're in the Big Ten now, there's a lot of great athletes in New Jersey that would go to these other schools. 
But, you know, football's, di- football's a different animal. But, like, if you're, like, a really good women's lacrosse player, why are you going to Penn State? Or why are you going to Boston College? Just play right here. You play, in the, you play in the Big Ten. You know what I'm saying? So I think it's going to be really cool to see all our sports much better. And I think that adds to the whole thing. Like, hey, Rutgers is good in sports. Where for 20 years we were lousy in everything. And I think Pykele now, like if Pykele wins, say they go to the Sweet 16 this year, God forbid, I'll lose my mind. Pykele, I mean, they're, they're going to start getting a sculpture out in front of the rack for him now. Yeah, he's, I mean, he, he's turned the program around. Turned it he's around. An and I love that he's, job. he looks like he sells carpet on Route 17 at Dependable Dean Carpets. <laughs> he's not flashy. He, 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 he doesn't, he, he looks like a, he looks like a guy you drink at the Knights of Columbus with. He's and an intense coach. He's got an unbelievable coaching staff. Yes, They're he on does. the road recruiting hard and it shows we're, we're right. getting good players and we're competing. And I think, that was the biggest thing. When we got into the Big Ten Conference, we couldn't compete. Now we're gradually making that push, and we're competing right. and beating teams right. uh, that we never beat before. And now we got to get to that next level, like you talked about, to beat the Michigans, the Michigan States. Yeah, start, we got to start dogging some teams. Yeah, hundred percent. But we have a we have a really good um, veteran to, roster this year. You going to the game Wednesday? Um, I'm probably going to the game Wednesday. I, I don't think I can make it. Um, I, I try to, you know, I try to go as, uh, to support them as much as I can. I I coach basketball myself at a, at, a, at a private school, and my son plays college Your basketball. Your son's over at uh, Yeshiva, right? My son, yes. He's I have a to senior give, or a junior? He's a, he has three years of eligibility because of that COVID rule. So okay. um, shout out to YU Basketball. Uh, I talked to you about this earlier. Yeah, they're good. They've won 38 straight games, longest winning streak in either Division One, Two, II, or Three. ranked second in the country. Fun team to watch. Really have uh, a chance to win a national championship. And that's good for you because you so, played in the Maccabea games. That's correct. You I did, about that. He remembers I that. Remember that. Greatest experience go. of my life. Uh, really game. enjoyed good that. You. But uh, you and I are diehard Rutgers guys and we diehard Giant Rutgers. fans and diehard Nick fans. I know. You know, the, we're, right, we're, the Knicks we've been, are better. But there's another issue there. Rutgers. I feel like everything's better, but everything still stinks. You know, it I, must, it, I know it must have been a little disheartening for you to walk into the stadium and really not see it filled up against Wisconsin, a top 20 team, you know, right. and but the it, one thing, it, we, one thing we got to mention too, the COVID, you know, the rack, I tell you, the rack is a bitch to win there. Oh, like, it's the greatest Like I went to, the, when we were, we lost our first game there in a while, it was against Michigan. Michigan was so much better than us, but the crowd, the way the rack is set up, it's like you're in their face. And I was like, wow, like, um, he's a good coach, by the way, that, what's his name on, uh, oh, uh, wow. um, uh, Fab Five John Howard, yeah. John uh, Howard used to be beeline before uh, him. He's good coach, man. He coaches well, good. Well. He's good. But we actually took them like to like a minute to go. The game was like tied, and so I say to myself, like uh, Rutgers can win their home games. You know what I mean? It's just road games are like any road win on basketball in the Big Ten is to be cherished. You know, you go 100%. in somewhere, especially 100%. in February. It's cold at Nebraska. It's snowing out. You got to win that game. I mean, again, you know what? This this is a this is the year for us really to push. When you got Geo back, you, you got Ron Harper, who right. they, both of them were considering declaring for the you know the right. NBA draft. Well, I don't think they're you know, NBA they're player. back. Maybe well, Katie's back. Because I, Yuri, the one last thing that Caleb. I think uh, Coach Peichel has to get better at, and you may disagree, he's done everything perfect except his recruiting is not at that. Gotcha. We didn't we didn't steal anybody yet. Um, like I, I want to get to a point where does a kid choose in between North Carolina, Duke, and Rutgers? And, and but but he plays but he plays at Roselle Catholic and he comes yeah. to Rutgers. Yeah. You know well, I mean? guess Cliff would be that was that he was guy. He was a big time recruit. He was he was a big time recruit. Was he, he was huge. The Duke. The and fact the, that we, I don't yeah, think Duke. And all Kentucky. big all big five schools, uh, big five conference schools were all. I don't there. think we. You know, we I'm talking about fifty recruit in the country. I'm talking about when we steal somebody. That's we we football never does it. You got to steal somebody. Well, well, you hit hit the nail on the head early. You know, like Saquon Barkley commits to Rutgers, then he goes to see a Penn State game with 105,000 uh, people. You know, Listen, it's. Uh, I felt like I was at a, a, a women's uh, a golf game on Saturday. But one last thing you said, real quick, is that when the rack is packed, it's awesome. It is a phenomenal. And you played place, there. It was 100%. even good. Back. We stunk. We had some sellout crowds. Shout out to sick. Jersey Mike's Arena. Oh, that's oh, we got Jersey to, you Mike's know what? Arena. Okay. I actually like it for two reasons. Number one, it has Jersey in the Correct. title. Because what people don't know is that. Um, it's but it's only it's a thirty million dollar deal, but for twenty years, so about a buck and a half a year. But 
The title says Jersey. Now, Shy Stadium, my brother filled me in on this. Shy Stadium. Shy is actually a big technology company. And right, they're based right. right by the stadium there. And they're all Jersey guys. It's a big Jersey company. But nobody, it doesn't reek of New Jersey. And I think Jersey Mike's, even though it's it's a, Rutgers can't get out of it in 15 years, which is a very long time. Um, Rutgers needed to announce a deal right away. I think the rack is very depressing on the outside. They're going to put big signage up. And they're going to have subs there and all that. I think it's a good deal. Jersey Mike sub, you know, you're playing at the rack. Jersey Mike, even love though it, it's it, still going to be called the rack. Yeah, correct. Who's I was call just going to say, you're 100 right. correct. It's always going to be the, the rack. Well, when they like they used to call it the Lewis Brown Athletic yeah, Center, the L back. You know, but it's the rock. You're 100 correct. But it's, the it's rock. still a great sponsor. Their name's going to be blasted all over, and they're all over New Jersey. And I actually like this. I think the sub shops is good. You get, a, for, you get a decent sub for not that big of a price. Yeah, you spend eleven dollars, you get a slice of turkey on a. No, they're not. But, but wait, aren't you, aren't you going to start cutting the, those things out of your diet? Well, see that, see that. This <laughs> is why. This is why. This is why. This is a poorly produced show. <laughs> Just because I announced I'm going to try to lose weight, I got you and Eddie Zucker. You're staring at me yes, like producer, I'm fat. You did hit the button today. You're staring <laughs> at me. You were my roommate. That's you were. Right. You were. You know. You get one knee surgery. You don't play for ten Funny, years. By the way, you. just a shout out the greatest roommate a college kid could have <laughs> was Jimmy Palumbo, hands down the greatest ever. The manster. The manster. He was the best. <laughs> I'm, I'm happy for you. I'm proud of your success. Oh, thank um, you. Thank big you, fan thank of you. yours, brother. You got it, man. Once again, Eddie Zucker here, uh, and that we're going to just wrap up the Jimmy Palumbo show a little bit long today, but we had some topics to discuss, and we will see you next week with a very special guest and a big shout out to Dave and his brand new son Miles Sturgio where and, have you uh, come from been, uh, Dave's kids been texting me all day saying where let's go Jets and, uh, I'll see you next week